Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Listen to Mile Sports Radio. Eric Goodman on assignment. I'm Andrew Mason, and I'm smiling right now because no, our... No, you smile because you like that chair. I do like this I chair. Once I got it adjusted. I know. But as the opening to right now by oh, Van yeah. Halen plays, Mark Knudsen, jam, former Major League Baseball pitcher, is air pianoing to I the did, opening. Did I make any mistakes? I don't think you no, did. so I'm... It's all good, right? Wait, when you played, Mark, did was was walk up music as far as was, players choosing? It was choosing, starting. It was, it was starting. starting. Yeah. Okay. Fact, Dave Parker was a teammate of mine, and he used to swing a sledgehammer in the on deck circle. Right. Okay. So they started playing sledgehammer for him when, when he walked up the plate. When Dave was traded to the Angels for mm-hmm. Dante Bichette, yeah. Dante comes. Dave doesn't bring the sledgehammer to California. Leaves it in Milwaukee. Dante starts swinging the sledgehammer. That's where Sledgehammer came. So Rockies fans know that is Dante's walk-up song. That's where it originated. No kidding. Yeah. That's a great story. What was your walk-up song? I didn't, know. I didn't get the bat for one thing. But but, the, but um, pictures have walk-ups couple, too. They, well, yes. you come in from the bullpen. Right. They had, uh, guys, I wasn't good enough to have that. I, there was a certain standard then. Mm-hmm. The closer got, got that. Trevor Hoffman got the right. walk-up. Right. But, I, I had a teammate mm-hmm. named Chuck Krim who was a yeah. setup guy, and he had LaGrange by, by ZZ Top. But the rest of us, you know, if I had one, it would have been Running Down the Dream by Tom Petty. Well, that's pretty good. That was current at the time. Yeah. Cause I'm, every, old, I'm aging, and, dating and myself. But. Everybody has a walk-up oh, song now. now. That's and, the thing. doesn't I've, matter how good I you have, are. I have to ask, told Kyle Freeland this multiple times, and he doesn't do it. There's a song that was in, I think it was on the credit scene, uh, Aquaman. Okay. By Alt-J called Left Hand Free. <laughs> Come on! Is there a better walk-up song for Kyle Freeland than "Left Hand Free"? Yeah, and he won't do it. I don't get it. Maybe it's just it's not his jam. What is his walk-up song? I don't even know. know. Yeah, that's that's the problem. We don't know, right? Yeah, it's not like Charlie Blackman. We know the outfield song by Charlie mm-hmm. Blackman, but we and we know the year that went when Ryan Spielberg's uh, did "Sweet Escape" by Gwen mm-hmm. Stefani. Yeah, yeah. woohoo! Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Free. I'm, I'm, I'll always associate that with the 07 run, Kyle, by the way. I have seen Kyle face-to-face in two years. None of us have. But yeah. <laughs> when I see him again, I'm like, come on, dude. This is the walk-up song for you. Yeah, it's it's a Left missed opportunity. Free. It is. I mean, the thing is, he can't, like, he. the other, the op- the other options are being Colorado Kids, something mm-hmm. local. I mean, he can't use Rocky Mountain Way how about because I get, that's, that's that played at the end. That song with Milky, somebody called Colorado. You know the lyrics to that one? Uh, no, I don't I, know the lyrics, I, no. I get high in Colorado. You know, oh. hear that? I'm not or, singing it. I'm or definitely just, not singing it. Or just some, Look, somebody's he's, he's, he's got grinning, He's grinning in there. He knows what yeah. I'm talking about, right? I was going to yeah. play, gonna play it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it, so you can play it if you want. Uh, if you want to. That, yeah. that would be, yeah. somebody's got to do that. Yes. Right? It's a missed opportunity. That's right. Yeah. If you want to join us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, I am Mace, at Mace Denver. He is at Mark Knudsen 41. I got that right this time, you right? sure did. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the song. They're jamming in there too. It's not bad. Well, the lyric is worth the lyric. Yeah. You'd skip all this for the walk up, I presume. I get all Colorado. Come on now. Come on, man. That's awesome, isn't it? That's got to be somebody's walk up. How is nobody song. not? How is I, nobody using that? I don't know, but they got to, man. You know. Especially, I mean, at home. You want the other team to think about the elevation? Wink, wink. Yes. Right? Okay. 
I think they, they think about other things when they think about getting high in Colorado, I too. Think so, yeah. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. All right. Well, the Broncos coach interviews are continuing at pace right now. Their brain trust is in Green Bay, Wisconsin today, mm-hmm. talking with Packers passing game coordinator Luke Getze. Tomorrow, they're going to talk uh, with Nathaniel Hackett, who is the uh, Packers offensive coordinator. Neither of them are play callers per se. They have some situational responsibilities like Hackett's big on third downs, mm-hmm. gets he's uh, handles ha- handle some red zone stuff, but certainly uh, not complete. So just let's just kind of start with this. Where do these two Packers assistants rank on this list of 10? Where would, where would Aaron Rodgers rank them? That's the issue, right? Mm-hmm. Where would Aaron Rodgers rank? rank? I, I, honestly, I'm not somebody who's hung up on the former former coach thing. I know Dan okay. Quinn's the only guy on the list with former head coaching, and, and Eric is pretty certain it's going to be Dan Quinn. Maybe, but Dan Quinn's kind of got his pick of about seven jobs now, doesn't he? Well, he already turned down the Jaguars uh, uh, interviewing, right. period. And uh, he's so he he's out of right. that mix, but yeah, he's he's, he, he's in the mix okay. for he he's in the he's in the mix for multiple where, jobs where right it, now. What seven eight openings now? Is there seven or eight? Uh, well, we, we're waiting on the Raiders at this point because right now we're we're right, at. Right. Um, so let's just assume yeah. the Raiders is going to be open, right? We, yeah, mean, but if they win on Saturday, they they really can't fire Rich Bisaccia. And if yeah. they and if they do, shouldn't another team give Rich Bisaccia a call for considering yeah. what? As far as crisis management, Very which is point. a huge part of Very being a coach, yep. I don't know that anybody's done a better but, job of crisis management for a team make, than Rich Passaccia That's a very, very solid point. But where would you rank the Broncos in that, on that list as, as far as desirability for a head coaching job? Because I think it's down near the bottom. Well, it's funny because like, they don't have ownership settled. We know that. Right. We're going to get more into that right. as the show goes on. But would you rather have that than what appears to be a dumpster fire in Jacksonville from the top down? Even though the Jaguars have the quarterback, that's the thing, and the first pick in the draft. Yes, so they and have a, they had they have Hutchinson or Thibodeau right. coming, and they already have Josh Allen, a very good pass rusher, and they have the quarterback. They and, have the pieces and, to get. And you can good. say that the owner is you know not very good or whatever. Well, he'll give fire. you the resources, but exactly. he seems to make. Okay. But he makes but a lot of bad moves. But you you know I would say right now from Broncos standpoint. Six groups out there bidding for this team. Mm-hmm. It's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Right? You don't know what you're going to get. You, so Yeah, you could get Pat Bowen 2.0. You could get Dan Snyder. Exactly. So if I, 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 mean, I like to look at this kind of in reverse. I could say, listen, the Broncos are – I don't know if it's ever been in this situation where you need a franchise quarterback, a, a really good head coach, and an owner all in the same short time frame. I've never seen this It's never happened before, right? I've never so, seen this. So – that t- I've seen two of the three. Which, which of, exactly. Jacksonville yeah. has two of the three. I mean, a lot of two of the three, right? Yeah. It's, since it's never been done before, it just makes it like, ooh, I don't know if I want to get into that. If I'm Dan Quinn, I, I don't want to get into that mm-hmm. because it's it's a little scary. So what what order, those of those three things, what order would you put them in as far, far as what's most pressing? What's Because I think head coach is third on that list. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think, owner is kind of looming over right. everything because that's generational. Right. And that, and I mean multi-generational. Right. Quarterback is generational for one right. generation. Yeah. Right. So it's owner, but it's, it's all- a quarterback. But the thing is, a quarterback can elevate the owner. Okay? Right. Um, uh, just an example. But a quarterback can he, attract the head coach. He can. But think of the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. 
Jim Ursay is nobody's idea of the most stable personality. <laughs> he's a lot better than his dad, yes. Robert Ursay. Right. Let's, I mean, right. he's fallen far enough from the tree to where he's done well. Mm-hmm. But the biggest reason why he's done well as an owner is they got Peyton Manning at the right time. And then and when Peyton left, they got Andrew right. Luck. Right. And he, and, You're right. No, that, there's, there's yeah. no doubt about that. That's yeah. why I say head coach is third on that list. Yes, I agree. And so here we are fret, fretting over who's going to be the head coach when I think it's more important to worry about who's going to be the owner and who's going to be the quarterback. Right. But, so, I, again, I like Hackett. I just because mm-hmm. everything I've read about the guy, I don't know him. I, I don't know most of these guys. But Hackett is the guy that it comes from Matt LaFleur influence. The young, the Sean McVay, the Kyle. There's a Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur vibe. To his yes. Is that fair? That's fair. That's what I'm looking for. I know some people value experience like, like Eric does, and I, I certainly understand that. Some guys value, well, he's been a play caller or whatever. I, I just like that vibe. I think there's a real interesting dark horse who came, who was the last one to come into the chat, the 10th name on the list. He also has that connection to Sean McVay, but also has a connection to working with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and that's Brian Callahan, the Cincinnati yes. offense coordinator. Not a play caller, but Bill, he's been working Bill under Callahan's Zach son, Taylor. Right, right. Bill mm-hmm. Callahan's son, worked mm-hmm. under Zach Taylor, mm-hmm. uh, worked for the Broncos for five seasons, the four okay. John Fox years, mm-hmm. plus the Kubiak year, was Jim Caldwell's mm-hmm. quarterback coach in Detroit. Yeah. We know what Peyton Manning, for example, thinks of Jim Caldwell. Right. He's somebody that I think is being slept on right now in the, in, in the public sphere, but I think actually has a better shot than most people realize. As a Nebraska fan. <laughs> We're very proud of Zach Taylor, right? Zach T- Bill yes. Callahan brought Zach Taylor into quarterback uh-huh. for Nebraska, and he set all the passing records. He was great. Went to A&M and did well at A&M as a mm-hmm. coach and has moved on up. So that's yes. great. And Brian Callahan and the Callahan connections there with, with Zach Taylor. But Bill Callahan doesn't give you a warm and fuzzy if you're a Nebraska fan. That's right, but you're not hiring <laughs> but, Bill. Right, you're Bill, hiring, Ca- Bill so, Callahan might be your offensive line coach, where he's never should have left. Yeah, and he's very good at extremely, that. Extremely. If you hire Brian Callahan, but right. I think one, a couple of things that come into play. And we'll that get would be more, fine. Yeah, we're getting more in ownership. Number one, if you have an indication that it might be Peyton Manning as part of a group, certainly Brian Callahan mm-hmm. with somebody that I think he would endorse. Oh. Secondly. The Callahan Jim Caldwell connection. I was hoping Jim Call Jim Caldwell interviewed for the Jaguars job. I was hoping he'd be in the mix for the Bronco job. I would not at all object to a Brian Callahan Jim Caldwell partnership where Cat where Caldwell is his assistant head coach know, and kind of shows him the ropes. I know there's been talk about uh, Hackett and Getzey possibly working together here. The problem is Green Bay. If they lose Hackett, They'll their next it, move yeah. would probably be. We oh, want to promote Luke yeah, Getzey. Right. Now, so, the Broncos could say, hey, we're going to make you offensive coordinator, but the Packers would probably make him offensive, offensive coordinator right. immediately, too. Right. Okay. But, I think another possibility here is if it's Dan Quinn, that Luke Getzey could be Dan Quinn's offensive coordinator because the connective tissue there okay. is Mike but McCarthy, you, so you see, who hired Getzey in Green so, Bay. So that you're kind of answering my question. And you see, of these 10 candidates, the possibility of one or more of them working together here. I, could, I think they were thinking about that with Gerard Mayo. But Mayo yeah. appears to be a front runner in Houston right now, so you may, may be crossing that one off the list. But the notion of Luke Getzey being an offensive coordinator—I know some have talked about it under Nathaniel Hackett—but I think the real interesting possibility is him being the OC under Dan Quinn. And I think there are other names that would be in play as well, but we know conversations happen. 
Mike McCarthy hired Luke Getzey in Green Bay first, and then he went to Mississippi State for a year, and then Getzey came back to work under Matt LaFleur. And of course, now Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, another person who's going to interview, are working under Mike McCarthy. You can't tell me that at some point there hasn't been some kind of conversation between Quinn and McCarthy about Getzey or between Moore and oh, McCarthy sure. about Getzey. These things happen all sure. the time. Sure, and, and we're not going to be privy to those, nor should we be, during right. the se- while the season's still going on. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to make for a very intriguing three or four months here, mm-hmm. especially prior to the draft, right? Because you know, you're talking quarterback, you're talking ownership, you're talking head coach. Could be the talking, most eventful four months yeah, really in could. modern Broncos history. Yeah, it absolutely could be. And I, again, I, I'm with you. Head coach is third on my priority list after owner and quarterback. Yeah. Franchise quarterback. Because as we've talked about before when I've been with you, 62 years of Denver Bronco history, not a single franchise quarterback has been drafted by this organization. Right. Not one in 62 years. That's pretty crappy. It's pretty crappy, and I think one mistake they've made is uh, in not in, in protecting the quarterback on the roster in a quarterback Rick Shear. Yes, very good. Saying point. okay, let's not make a move for Watson or Mahomes because we picked Paxton Lynch the year before. Right. You're right. Let's not pick Josh Allen because we just signed Case Keenum. The one time Let's that- not pick Justin, move up for Herbert because we picked Locke the previous right. year, and right. we know how much the yeah. Broncos That's- loved Justin Herbert. The one time they've done that. There was all sorts of backlash when they drafted Tommy Maddox when they still had John Elway. Right. Right? And they still didn't get that right. Yes. You want you want that Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers thing going, don't you? Ideally. That's what you want. And they just haven't been able to do it. Which is why if they pick up a Jimmy Garoppolo and then turn around and draft yeah, a Carson Strong. Yeah. Carson Strong or Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be more yep. than down for that. Agreed. We talked about what's more important than the head coach hire. One of those things is ownership. We're going to get into that on the other on the other side here. Talk about the state of the Broncos. What comes next? There's going to be a timeline announced, presumably after the head coaching hire. What do we expect to happen? Broncos ownership. We'll tell you on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Mark Knutson filling in for Eric Goodman. I'm Andrew Mason, Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Kind of jumped the con a little bit there, I think. The mic wasn't on yet. Oh, I didn't. Oh, very good. See, Danny pays attention. Danny listens. Dan, he's, a, he's a wizard there behind the glass, but he listens. And he does. Obviously, pick, got my walk-up song. So yeah. What are you going to do? That's awesome. Can't do better than that. Yeah. You know, the thing is, I I actually think that would still apply today. I think it would still, it would, it's old oh, school, it yes, be, yeah. but it's a good choice today. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I'm always blown away by the variety. I mean, some hip-hop, some right. Rock some old rock, some country. I mean, I, the, the variety. That's kind of cool, though. I, I I think it's cool when a player has a song in Spanish. Yes. Yes. Why not? I mean, that's good. It's it's supposed to be mm-hmm. personal, right? right? I mean, that's that's what I, that's what I love about that. If you want to join the conversation, the Rocky Mountain Forest Park Twitter feed here here Twitter feed here on Afternoon Drive at Mark Knudsen forty one at Mace Denver. I want to tell you about Silterhar Mazda, which right now is loaded with inventory. 
And you think about supply chain issues all around it, but Silter Hard Mazda, Mazda's got plenty of inventory right now, so you can get the right car at the right price, like the Mazda CX-5 or the Mazda CX-30, a small crossover SUV with all-wheel drive, leather trim seats, great power, and 32 miles per gallon on the highway. I love that I love a car with good miles per gallon, good efficiency. Take one for a test drive today at Siltara Mazda. This family-owned business has been serving Colorado families for over 60 years. And remember, at Siltara Mazda, it's stress-free and hassle-free, and that's the way it should be in your car buying experience. So go to Broomfield today or check them out at sthmazda.com. Time now for the bus. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Mark, I think it's fair to say that you've been a fairly uh, strident critic of the Broncos ownership structure fair. and the Pat Bowen Trust. That is very fair. Yes. So you're active on social media, of course, at Mark Knutson 41 on Twitter. And uh, I know what your re- reaction probably was, but what did you think when the news came down Sunday morning that the Broncos had moved on from Vic Fangio with the ownership question still, still lingering, yeah. lingering in the air like a fog? Well, one surprised. Nobody was surprised, so you take that out of the equation. But I was a little bit disappointed, not because I think Vic Fangio is a great coach, because I don't. I think he, he was an improvement from Vance Joseph, but he was not the guy to take his next level. He's Wade Phillips 2.0, right? That's what he is. Wade Phillips actually Wade went has to the playoffs a, better, a few a times. Better, better, Wade's a, Wade had a winning record I as know, a head coach. I know. I, but again, Wade <laughs> had a sailing as a head coach, right? Yes. So that's what we're talking about, Fangio. And I know things broke down. I know all the, all the warts. But I think I would, have perce- I would have preferred a new owner be in charge of the new hire. And yeah. Eric and I argued about this too on, yeah. on Twitter and on text and everything else. You can't keep Fangio. You can't, well, yeah, okay, you can't keep Fangio. But I don't trust Joe Ellis. to. I don't believe him when he says he'll stay out of it. I don't believe it. I don't believe he's it. not in, in the traveling party right okay, now. But when push comes to shove, who, who nicks the Shanahan's right? Who hired Josh McDaniels? And I know people say he hired Josh McDaniels. He fired Mike Shanahan. And he hired Josh McDaniels that I will swear to, to God on. I have incredible sources on that. Okay. Sitting in the room sources. He didn't want to bring it. Joel didn't want John Elway involved in this organization. Pat Bowen overruled him. Okay. John hires John Fox worked out pretty well. Hired Gary Kubiak, worked out pretty well. Then he wants, John wants to bring in a Shanahan. Nope, doesn't get to, and we end up with Vance Joseph. I don't trust Joe Ellis to do one thing for this. The only thing I would like to see Joe Ellis do is say goodbye. So You're going to get your wish in that regard. I am, three, after the head coach has been hired, which is frightening. Now, if George, leave it to George Payton. If he's true to his word and he leaves it to George Payton, okay, I'm fine with it. But again, like we said last segment, it's the third priority on the list. And if they get the right guy, That'd be great. I, I wrote on New Year's Eve, before it, before Bruce Feldman or anybody else, they should go after Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh should be the next coach of Denver Broncos. Well, he wrote, just wrote wanted it on more Mile money from Michigan, though. No, he didn't. Think about that. If you dig into Jim Harbaugh, he took a pay cut after last year without any fighting, without any fussing, took a pay cut because Michigan had a terrible year during the pandemic, right? Yes. Then this year, he got a bonus for winning the Big Ten. He gave it back to the university and said, disperse it to the other people in the department who lost money during the pandemic. I don't think money drives Jim Harbaugh. And I don't think he's going to get a raise from Michigan based on turning down the NFL. In fact, I won't be shocked if he's the next, next coach of the Raiders with Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator. There's a history there, right? Yes. I wouldn't be so. Wouldn't Four be very good years together right. in San Francisco. Okay. So, but, so I, again, I'm looking for somebody like that, a splash hire. Mm-hmm. I'm not down on the list they have. 
as long as the right people are making that decision. And, and again, George Payton has earned some some goodwill from us, hasn't he? Yeah, and He's George Payton, he had a very good draft. Yep. I mean, here's the thing. He has done... like. I, I'm not at the point where I'm saying I'm saying okay, he's the greatest thing since right, sliced bread. Right. Okay, he had he has what early the early returns reveal is a very good draft. I always now I always judge a draft after three years, right? Because for example, the 2018 rookie class, including Philip Lindsay, undrafted, that looked great after year one. Mm-hmm. That was Cortland Sutton. That was Philip Lindsay. That was. Of course, at the top of the draft, Bradley Chubb. That was even Deshaun Hamilton looking mm-hmm. like your slot receiver at that point. Yep. That looked that looked like a stellar class, and right. most and it's come apart yep. pretty quickly. Not yep. bad, but not great. So right. that's why I'm. I always say just wait. But fair. The thing that George Payton, George Payton has his two biggest tasks in front of him. He accomplished the the, the task of having a good draft, focusing on non QB. The biggest task in front of him is getting QB right and getting head coach right. I'll tell you what, what won me over, George Payton. And I don't go to Bronco games in the press box, mm-hmm. but I do go to a lot of college games Yeah, in Boulder and Fort Collins. I saw him there multiple times. Not just, the day before, We know he was there for the Nevada right, game to watch right, Carson right. Strong. I saw him in Boulder a couple yeah. I was at the USC games where I watched that receiver mm-hmm. from USC. Yep. Okay. And he wasn't just there shaking hands and kissing babies. He was watching. He was scouting. Yeah. He's a general manager actively out scouting, and that really impressed me because the Nevada CSU game, I, I'm sitting 30 feet from him. There's nobody between us. There was very many people there in the press box. He was intently watching Carson Strong. In fact, he watched Carson Strong, I told you this before, mm-hmm. walk off the field at halftime to make sure that knee was okay. Yeah. So I like I, he won me over just on the work ethic part, just on the I'm going to do my homework part mm-hmm. because let's be honest, that wasn't John Oley's strength. As a general manager, right? That wasn't his strength. He was a delegator, mm-hmm. and the people he delegated to didn't do a very good job. I mean, I think one thing with this coaching hire, unless the coach that he wants is in the Super Bowl, I think he'll have the coach hired before the Senior Bowl because wow, he probably he probably wants to go to Mobile, yeah, and watch these five quarterbacks work yeah. and watch everybody else and watch too. His coach interact with them. Well, his coaches aren't going to interact. Well, with Well, they'll be there. Yeah, but see the NFL coaches, but also just get. Get it, get his eyes on these guys yeah. again, yeah. Because and that, that that's why I mean I I think for the Bronco coach timeline it either happens by if it doesn't happen by the thirtieth I think it happens probably after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It means that they're waiting on a coach in the I, Super Bowl. I just I worry again about that that these guys these high profile candidates these mm-hmm. really good candidates have their pick of a lot of better jobs. Right now. A lot of jobs, a lot less uncertainty, and you hope you don't lose out on the guy you really want. Well, at the same time, but the, the mathematics, though, you know, you mentioned the number the number of jobs. You got the Bears job available. You've got the the Jaguars job available. You could Giants. have the Raiders job available. You got the Giants, Giants. job available. Uh, Broncos, Vikings. I mean, there's only so many jobs right. here, and I mean, the Broncos alone are interviewing ten coaches. The Bears alone are interviewing nine coaches, right. and there are not nine jobs. Fair. And it's not the same coaches interviewing for all the jobs as well. Right. I mean, Houston appears to be on its own planet <laughs> in what they're doing. That they're gonna, they're almost certainly gonna hire someone who is well versed in the Patriot way. And that hasn't worked out so well. Well, yeah, and the, and and their owner Cal McNair bristles at the notion of being called Patriot South. You are Patriot South. Not you got a win Pat's loss. GM. Not in the win loss column. They're yeah, not. Well. Are any of these places where they hire Patriot assistants? No, mimicking the pa- no. the Pats. I mean, speaking of that, the best one was the best one was Brian, Brian Flores. Flores. Yes, that's why. Why is he not a Broncos candidate? Okay, here's the here's the connection. All right, 
there was friction between Chris Greer, the Dolphins general manager, and Brian Flores. Okay. They weren't on the same page, particularly it appears at the quarterback position. Chris Greer has been with the Dolphins for two decades in some capacity, including a few years when he worked in the same personnel department with George Payton. I see. And George Payton, the thing that you gather about him quickly is he has got a Rolodex as thick as this table Mm -hmm. is wide. Okay. And if he places a call to his former co-worker, Chris Greer, the recommendation on Brian Flores is almost certainly not going to be strong. Right. Okay. I would be shocked if Brian Flores is on the radar here because of that. It's a, fair. It's a but connection again, and relationship business, right? He's the guy, though, like Eric, like those guys with experience, and he won eight of his last nine games after a miserable start. I yeah. get that, but I'm not a Tua guy. I think he did a great job with Miami getting them to where they got to be. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's it's definitely not a hire based on or, or firing in Miami based on the quality of the coaching job. Hmm. C- clearly, two two winning seasons out of three with what they've had to work with. Although Tua did get better this year. Okay. There's no doubt. I, the question is, where does he go in getting better? Right. Does he become elite? It doesn't appear he's going to be an elite quarterback. He looks like that quarterback who's going to settle in that kind of mid-tier range. Mm-hmm. And is that what is that somebody you build around long-term? So, That's the well, danger zone. Here's my question then. If you're Dan Quinn and you get offered the, the Dolphins job, mm-hmm. you've got a stable owner, you've got a, a quarterback, mid-tier quarterback. Yeah. Is that a better job than the Bronco job? It may, but uh, they may be zeroing on some others. Our old friend Vance Joseph is in the mix down there. Oh, good Lord. Well, he worked there for a year. I know. And not a head coach. He wasn't a head coach the first time. I'd like to see what he learned from that. I mean, and there were some things beyond his control. I mean, I I feel like Vance Joseph wasn't a good game manager. We all know that. That's a big part of the job. Vic Fangio wasn't a very good, wasn't, was, Equal was equally shoddy as a game manager to Vance Joseph. And I think that needs to be said. The same energy that went into ripping VJ as a game manager should have gone into Vic Fangio. And And we did that and we pointed that out here on this show. I think it was. I I think you're hesitant to be as critical of of Uncle Vic because he's Uncle Vic, right? He's the old experienced guy and Vance was a young guy. But you're right. The the on field product looked the same. Vic had better quarterbacking too, believe it or not. Yeah, probably. It doesn't say a lot, but Flack, Flacco, yeah. Drew Lock, kind of shaky yeah. second year. Yeah. But Teddy Bridgewater is objectively the best quarterback this team has had since Manning. That that statement right there sums up the last six years. Right, exactly. On how bad this franchise is. He's a, he, he's, he's a lower mid tier quarterback, right. and he's literally the best they've had since Peyton Manning. Yeah. He's he's Gary Kubiak two It's better than Kubiak. come in come in and win you a game or two as a reserve, but yeah. you, depending on the whole year, you're not going to go anywhere, and that's what I mean, happened. It's it's it, it's it's telling that. Uh, yeah. Once he went down, the Broncos didn't win. In fact, the Broncos did not win any game that Teddy Bridgewater didn't finish. It's true. I mean, you're looking for connect. You you, you can't deny that. But he's he's he he. But people think Drew Locke's going to be the answer. No, in this town. No, there are some people who do believe that. Okay, well, Drew Locke's got a higher ceiling, but we haven't seen any of that yet. Teddy Bridgewater is what he is. He's going to stay what he is. I think Drew Locke's probably headed to the Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was thinking maybe he's fringe starter backup. I figured maybe he was auditioning for the Chiefs backup job the other day when he played against the Chiefs. Who knows? (laughs) He could run. Mahomes can run, right? Yeah, that's true. And he's a Missouri guy, so maybe he's going to be a backup. Hey, Chase Daniels has played in this league and like that. He's not better. You can, hey, if you're if you're smart, right? 
you can you cash a whole lot of big paychecks being a, a, yeah. being a being a sometime starter and sometime Guard backup. Right. I mean, ask ask Ryan Fitzpatrick yep. and Josh McCown how much money yes. they've made yes, over the decade and a half. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's there's, right. and they don't get hurt. Right. You, you, you come out healthier. <clears throat> anyway, more on the other side. We're going to talk about this. There's playoffs, as playoffs. Jim Mora might say. There's playoffs this weekend. Playoffs. Exactly. Thank you, Danny. Five games that will take place Saturday and Sunday. We'll tell you who's going to win the over-unders as we take the Rocky Mountain Forest Prox Gambling Challenge on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Mark Knudsen in for Eric Goodman. I'm Andrew Mason, Mile High Sports Radio, MileHighSports.com. Good-looking female. Come here. Tonight is going to be a jailbreak. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good stuff, David Bowie. This is a good song, but there's a better version. Wallflower's version is even better. Have you heard the really? Wallflower version? You heard it? No, it's not better. I'm it's sorry. better. It's great. It's awesome. Bob Dylan's kid. It's good. Good stuff. Great I mean, song. I mean, that's just, I can listen to Jacob Dylan if we're going to drive it home with one headlight. I just don't know <laughs> if we... Uh, I, I guess can't, I'm sorry. Usually the original for me is the yes, best. Yes, I would There agree. are exceptions. There are exceptions. I don't. Th- I'm not sure this is one of them. Okay, just my That's opinion. I think didn't they? And also, can a, a song be tainted by the movie it's in? Because the Godzilla. Wallflowers version was Godzilla, in Godzilla, yeah. which was terrible. A bad didn't didn't make for a good fit, did it? No, it didn't. It didn't make for a good fit. Anyway, afternoon drive with Goodman just, and Mason. That voice you hear is Mark Knudsen at Mark Knudsen forty one on Twitter, of course, former Major League Baseball pitcher, including a stint with your Colorado Rockies. Brief. Yeah. Thankfully. Did you and Dale Murphy intersect? Mm-hmm. We were teammates. Okay. I retired about, I want to say, two or three weeks before he did. Yeah. 93. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I knew guy. you both were on the team in 93. I just didn't well, know no, of no, his no, brief press, time. The whole issue was trying to get Dale yeah. to 400 home runs. Right. And we, he just couldn't do it. The yeah. bat speed just wasn't there. Even at Mile High Stadium, he couldn't get it, get, get it out of there anymore. I mean, that's the thing. Like He basically had the, uh, it was the free, it, the free space on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Getting to 400 yeah. at Mile High, and he couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Don Baylor tried. He really tried. He really put him in situations where he thought he could yeah. do it, and it just didn't happen. And Dale finally said, "Middle of summer, I'm I'm out." As a great Dale, man, as a Dale great Murphy man. fan, oh, I think in he should be in the Hall of Fame. He should. Yes, his numbers don't don't match up. His numbers, stats, even analytics don't match up. But the man was the best player in the game for a, a substantial number of years. Yes. They, how many how many MVPs? Three. He had uh, two. He, at least he had two. two MVPs. Yeah. I mean, he, there was a but really there was a, a four year stretch about eighty one to. About eighty-two to eighty-five yeah. or eighty-one, eighty-four. Kind of take your pick. He's the best. He's the best, best player, player in the baseball. game. And if you if you have yeah. that des- designation, in my mind, you're a hall of famer. And yes. I think the veterans committee has has uh, gone back and put Harold Baines in the, in the hall of fame. If Harold Baines is your bar, Dale Murphy clears that easy. Right. Easy. So I think he'll get there someday. I, I really mean, do. It's one of those whole things, as Peter King might say, the hall very good for the hall of fame. So what? You can be very good, but to me. If you're if you're very good for for twenty years, like Don you, Sutton was right, 
you should be a Hall of Famer. Exactly. If you're great for a few years and, and Kirby you're, Puckett you're like a or comment, Sandy Colfax right. or, or if, Gail Sayers, yes. If you're a Agreed. comment across the firmament, you're still a Hall of right. Famer. If you can't tell the story of the game without you, without that player being mentioned, he belongs in the museum. It's a museum. You've right. been to Cooperstown, right? Yes. There's not enough plaques on that wall. No. There's 335 guys in that room, and there won't probably be any next week. The, the, only the Veterans Committee guys they added. Right. Probably, nobody's probably going to make it this year. And that's not right. When I've been to Cooperstown, when I've been to Canton, Ohio, yep. I don't look around those rooms and say, oh, there are too many busts exactly. or too many plaques. Exactly. I'm like, this is you awesome. could have more. I don't go to, I don't go to, to Mile High 10 times, a, 10 times a year for Broncos games and say, oh, there's too many names in the Ring of Fame. Right. I'm like, okay, there's plenty of room on the facade, and if they run out of room on the facade, they can put it up yep. on top of the stadium. Plenty can, of room to add can more. Can you tell the story of the game without mentioning this guy? Yep. If you can't, he doesn't. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. And Dale Murphy, you can't tell the story of the baseball in the 1980s yep. without Dale Murphy. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Clear, clear. Very well put. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. All right, time now for the Rocky Mountain Forest Parks Gambling Challenge by our friends Ty, Cal, Kate, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. It's super wildcard weekend. Not just wildcard mm. weekend, but super wildcard weekend. Quick question before you get to this. Yes. Are you a fan of the 17th game and the additional playoffs? I mean, it's more football, right? I'm a fan of the additional playoff teams. I'm not a fan of the 17th game. I'm, I'm with you on that because I'm also one of those guys who doesn't think there's too many bowl games. Right. Because what's wrong with more football? I agree. It doesn't have to be the national championship online. We want to watch football. Right. Anyway. Good, good answer. Anyway. So the Rocky Mountain Forest Parks Gambling Challenge, this weekend's playoff games. Let's start Saturday. Las Vegas at Cincinnati. Bengals five-point favorite over under 48. What do you got? Me? Yeah. I, I watched some of that first time they played, mm-hmm. and it was close until late, you know, mid-fourth quarter, yeah. and Cincinnati ran away with it. I, I think Cincinnati's better. Yeah. Burrow's not playoff tested, but neither is Derek Carr for that matter. But Cincinnati has so many weapons. Yeah. I mean, it makes you appreciate what the Broncos did to held the Bengals down because the next week they went crazy. Yes. I think the Bengals win. I think they cover. I, I do as well, and I think they'll hit the over. It's going to be a high-scoring game. New England at Buffalo Saturday night. Bills four and a half point favorites over under forty four. We talk about trends, right? So mm-hmm. isn't the trend New England's trending down and Buffalo's trending up right uh-huh. now? And home home field weather won't be a factor. They're both used to it. I got to go with the Bills. I'm going with the Bills as well. I'm going to take the under on this game. It's going to be Wasn't, cold, right. but the big thing was wind when yeah. Buffalo yeah. lost to New England on that Monday night. No, New England didn't, the wind run, didn't is, throw a pass. Right. The wind is going to be relatively calm, about five miles per hour is the forecast that favors What's Buffalo. the over-under on Mac Jones' pass attempts? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Sunday, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay. Bucks eight-point favorites over under 46. I've got the Bucks covering, yeah. and I've got the over. This is their time of year, right? Yeah, Tom Brady. They're, they're, yeah. I mean, I like Jalen Hurts. I thought he was really impressive when he was here. Yeah. Uh, he was the best quarterback on the field when he was here. Yeah. But the Bucks are the Bucks, And they're getting Shaq back and Levante yeah. David and all those guys. They're going to get healthy next couple of weeks. San Francisco at Dallas. Cowboys three-point favorite over under 51. Again, we watched the Cowboys look like doo-doo against the Broncos, right? They were miserable. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a hunch on San Francisco this time. I mean, logic says Dallas, but I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers. I think they're they're moving, trending up at the right time. Too. Both teams are coming in hot. I think yeah. this is the best game of the weekend. I'm taking the Cowboys to win a close one. I'm going to say they cover, but just barely, and I'm going to take the over. Finally, Sunday night, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, 12.5 point favorite. The Chiefs are over under 46. 
Give me the Chiefs. Give me yeah. the under. I mean, I'll take the Chiefs. In fact, the Chiefs might score 46 points by themselves. The Steelers have to be looking around going, what? We're in the playoffs? Really? Mm-hmm. Playoffs? Ben thought he was done, right? He thought it was swan song. I get to ride out of town, and now he's got to play again? Yeah. And the Chiefs destroyed him in Arrowhead before, not yeah. long ago. So, yeah, Chiefs will win easy. Guys, what do you think? Yeah, the Chiefs defense, I'm a little concerned about their form the last couple weeks going into this game because— But it's the Steelers. It is the Steelers. There's not a lot of punch there. Um, the risk here is this. A reason why Pittsburgh, Kansas City got out of hand a couple weeks back is Pittsburgh had five fumbles, there were, or there were five fumbles in the game in total, and Pittsburgh didn't recover any of them. Fumbles usually, you know, over time works out to right. about, to about yep. 50 to 50%. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the Steelers were unlucky. It was a blowout, but it was a blowout in part because there were, you could say right. certainly, bounces. unlucky okay. bounces. Fair. And the Steelers are very much in just wing it mode. <laughs> Right. I think you're exactly going to see right. every trick yeah, play. They have nothing to lose. This is the this is a team that if if somebody's going to go for a surprise onside kick, if somebody's going to pull off a fake punt or a fake field goal, if somebody's going to uh, you know just yeah. th- throw you know throw some ridiculous option passes, house money. It's going to be the Steelers. They, yeah, exactly. How they yep. didn't expect you're to right. be here. Right. It's house money, no yeah. question. But I just Kansas City so much better than yeah. there though. But it's, it also, t- to me, says a lot about Mike Tomlin as well. Yes. This agreed. team has no business being right. a playoff team. Exactly. It is. And He's I think... the reason. And they played the Broncos. Mm-hmm. They played them head-to-head. Yep. They, they diced up the Broncos' defense that day. Yep. Um, a game like that was the difference for the Broncos in between being, being on the field this weekend and sitting at home mm-hmm. waiting around while the Brain Trust goes to interview coaches in Wisconsin. Good point. That You're that right. I, right. I remember, and I and I remember sitting in the press box when that as that game went on, and I thought this game we're going to look back at this game as kind of one that really told the tale of this team. Oh, it was right. a it was on the road, but it was a winnable game no against question. a shaky team, and Pittsburgh was simply better prepared, better coached, better skill, better drilled, yep. than the Broncos. And that's why Mike Tomlin is putting together a Hall of Fame coaching career and why Vic Fangio is about to go back to being coordinator. Like he said. (laughs) I can't top that. It's perfect. Danny, what did we miss? Well, uh, Wild Card Weekend, definitely the big thing in sports this weekend, but the Colorado Avalanche and Denver Nuggets both in action in the next couple days. And I got a little interesting NBA story about fans and trading in jerseys so we'll talk about that next Ooh. right here on afternoon Better drive burning them, I guess. it is i would agree <laughs> right here on afternoon drive with mason and knutson Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. It's a feel-good Friday Listen, song, Danny. I like it. He's th- but you know what he's doing right now? He's, he's challenging you. This version or Van Halen's version? The cover better. You said originals are better than the covers. Oh, I, see, I know what he's thinking. I'm, I'm partial. Yeah, I'm partial to the original. This is better than Van Halen's version. Yeah. 
I'm not going there. I like the Kinks. I do too, but I'm Van mm. Halen's version Van Halen's is the song. Danny's agreeing with me too. I think I would agree that I, okay. I enjoy the Van Halen one more. But I do have a lot of respect for the original in every in pretty to. much every instance. And weren't there there was only like about twelve years separating the original yeah. from the remake as well. Uh, and I think well, 14, I think this was 15. like or fourteen because sixty four. Okay, yeah. okay, I was off by two. I thought sixty six. My bad. There, you know, you got Aerosmith redoing "Come Together." What? Only less than ten years after the Beatles did it. Yeah, and I'll still take the Beatles. Sorry. Yes, but uh, do you like Godsmack's version or Gary Clark's version that were in, in the Justice League movies? I'm sticking with the Beatles. Uh, uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> absolutely, you are. I mean, we all are. But yeah, there's some debate here. There's some room for debate. I mean, like during at Christmas time. When my daughter said she liked uh, another version of Last Christmas instead of the original by Wham, I think I died a little on the inside. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> Danny and I are not Wham fans. We're just like... We're well, no, but I'm talking about like, like just the, the original version of a beloved Christmas classic. That's... Fair. Anyway. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche play the Arizona Coyotes twice in the next two days, tonight at home, and then tomorrow in Glendale. Pavel Francouz to mine the net for Colorado tonight, and then Darcy Kemper back in net tomorrow night on the second night of the back-to-back a couple weeks away from the nhl all-star break here where is your confidence level with goaltending for the avalanche which could be a make or break component in a playoff run danny is you're previewing my three strikes blog on the milehighsports.com website for next week because i'm gonna talk about darcy kemper um he's done okay right i mean they they look back a couple years to that series he had, the playoff series he had, where the first two or three games he was standing on his head all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. Fifty saves in one game, forty nine, and then the, he got tired. The defense disappeared. They scored fourteen goals in two games against him. But mm-hmm. he was impressive enough that they went after him when they lost uh, lost their goaltender, Grubar. Right. He's the linchpin. He's the guy that's got to be different. Make the postseason different this year. Right. If he's not, they go out. They lose in the playoffs again. This uber talented team. Losing the playoffs because they need a Patrick Waugh-esque performance. And Darcy Kemper's got to be good. Francois is Francois. He's a backup. Kemper's got to be the guy to, to elevate his game. So no better time to start it than now. And yeah. he's, been doing, he's been playing well lately. He's been playing well. But, I mean, it's still the question of whether he can kind of take it to the next level. Next level. Especially when a name that we're going to really start hearing at the trade deadline is Marc-Andre Fleury with mm-hmm. the Blackhawks. Yeah. You know he can carry a team yep. deep into the postseason. He can take a team on, on his back. That's not something that we have learned from right. Darcy Kemper. Correct. So it's just kind of the indication, the, the indication and impression that they have on Darcy Kemper. Of course, you got the Coyotes. No. Most of the season this weekend, they most of the season they've been the free space on the board. Although, believe it or not, <laughs> they have they have somehow gotten nine have have gotten. I be, uh, let's see, one win, win. They've gotten set. They've gotten seven points from their their last six games. I, I'm, I didn't make this lineup. I stole it from another guy in another yeah. market. But the Avalanche, he used it to describe Alabama's football team. Yeah. He said, the Avalanche have to avoid playing with their food. Yeah. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Put them away. Knock them out. Don't mess around. Don't do what the Nuggets do and lose to t- to, to bad teams. Yeah. The Nuggets do that all the time. 
You can't but, do but that. the Nuggets aren't a, a great team no, right, no, now. Not right now. They did they're last med- year when they were good. They yeah. lost to Cleveland at yeah. home. But they're right now they're a right. middling team that happens to have a truly transcendent player. Right. Right. I mean, I think I saw today that like they're uh, with Jokic on the floor. They're in terms of plus yeah. minus, they're a six two win team. Historically, when great. he's not when he's not, bad. they're yeah. an eleven yeah. win yeah. team. But the the abs. <laughs> the interesting thing about the abs this year mm-hmm. is that. Nathan McKinnon is not having a great season. He's doing well with assists, but he's not scoring very many goals. Right. He's not having a great season. But it hasn't mattered because hasn't Cadre's mattered. been on fire. And Cadre's been awesome. He's probably been their best player. And Kale yeah. McCarr has taken his game yeah. to the next level. Yeah. He's becoming one of the best. He might win the, the Norris. He's, yeah. he's just been that great. He should win the Norris. He should. Just in case you missed it, a fun story from the NBA during this week. Uh, after John Morant stared down and refused to high-five a young fan wearing a Warriors jersey late in route to uh, Memphis's win over Golden State on Tuesday, the Grizzlies offered to trade a John Morant or Jaron Jackson Jr. jersey to kids 12 and under in exchange for the jersey of an opposing player. Fans that were making the switch would also receive two tickets for the game. Do you like that offer from the team? I think that's fun. I, 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 I love this. I mean, it was in it was in Memphis, and mm-hmm. you know what? This is something that happens in every sport when you have a team, often in a small to medium market, and they're not a pro- and they're not prominent, and they come home and they and you see a lot of jerseys for the other team and how many like, Kobe Bryant on. jerseys did we see at Pepsi Center right when it was Pepsi Center yeah I mean you're starting to see it a lot at Bronco games now yeah. like how la- last Saturday well, yeah you looked but like when Philadelphia came in you looked around and there were a, they, there were a ton of there were a ton of you know Eagles jerseys from Randall Cunningham to you know to Donovan McNabb yeah. to Brian Dawkins to you know even Jalen, some Galen Hurts we'll jerseys go, popping. We'll give up. him the Brian Hawkins. We'll let him do that. Yeah, because he was here. Right. But that's but that that's what happens, and I, and it's always kind of frustrating. Yeah. And it's really fr- in a market like Memphis, where they just got yeah. their their NBA. I say just. Yeah. They moved to they moved right. to Memphis in '02, right. so the team is only really kind of just now kind of really becoming Roots. generational Roots, there. Yeah. But fair. It's still kind of a point of frustration when you're dealing with these legacy teams and these more prominent teams. I thought what Morant did was kind of kind of cool. I mean, it, it wasn't yeah. mean or anything. It was kind of right. cool, and and I like I like what they're doing. I yeah, because he's idea. like, hey, I'm a stud. We're 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 we're, we're the we're, home team. Guys. We're your home team. Yeah, we're, doing, we're in a Steph Curry. Jersey. Yeah, we're we're your we we are. You know, you're from Memphis. We're from Memphis. Support us. If you want a high five? I love that. <laughs> I do too. If you want a high five? You want to sit back and cheer for their team? That's one thing. But you want a high five from me? Uh-uh. I like I like it. I that of. That, of course, was just in case you missed it. Brought to you by our friends over at Mountain High Appliance, where, of course, you can try you can try before you buy. Mountain High Appliance is Colorado's most complete appliance resource, offering every major appliance line, in-house delivery, professional installation, and state-of-the-art showrooms. And you can check out those state-of-the-art showrooms in Louisville, Littleton, Colorado Springs, Glenwood Springs, and, of course, they've also got their clearance center in Denver. And check them out online at mountainhighappliance.com. Coming up on the other side, you had a really interesting podcast conversation with that involved Craig Thompson, the commissioner of the Mountain West. Of course, yep. you host a podcast with former WAC commissioner Carl Benson mm-hmm. about the college football playoff, what yep. it might look like, what it should it look happens. like. Maybe it, it could expand, but there are people holding it up. We'll That's tell correct. you about those fuddy-duddies that are standing in the way of progress of the of the college football playoff and more on the other side. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Mark Knutson, in for Goodman, Andrew Mason, here with you on Mile High Sports Radio and MileHighSports.com.